Hello, good morning, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That is our number. Wow, what a surge in stock prices this week. My goodness gracious. Wow. It's amazing, you know, because we have a reason every day. We have to clip to the market, you know. It's, a, it, it's stunning. So, you know, on Wednesday, the market goes down because the Federal Reserve said some bad things about interest rates. And then on Friday, they said the opposite, so stocks surged. It's like, oh, 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 okay, so there's really nothing fundamental, like we're in the middle of earnings season. That doesn't count at all. No, 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 nope, nope, nope. Never does. And the fact that we're maybe oversold, meaning we just sell, 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 sell. And at some point, some people get, some people get well, okay, I'll buy here. And so they do. And there's maybe not very many sellers. So we get a surge in prices. And this goes on and on. But, of course, it's all about, you know, the Fed and interest rates and all that stuff. Even though the Fed tells us what they're going to do, then they go do it. And we're supposed to react to it. And this, all this nonsense reminds me constantly of how hard it is for us to actually recognize, even though we say it, the market is moving in anticipation of future events. And it is. We don't know how far in the future. We don't know if the market collectively is correct, of course. And, and it won't be fully correct because here's a you know, weird thing. It's really hard to predict the future. I know you think you're pretty good at it, but anyway, that's human nature. We all think we're pretty good when we're not. But it's really hard and really important to understand this. So here's a shocking development just this week. Housing starts are way down. Existing home sales are way down. That must be a crushing blow to the home building stocks. Well, no, they anticipated it. You mean collectively we thought maybe if interest rates went, you know, from 3% to 7, that might affect housing sales? Ah, uh, uh, maybe along with the general slowdown in the economy and so on and so forth, we kind of, everybody went, yeah, collectively, home-building stocks have been beat up. So the news this week is not news. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only question is, is the severity of the drop, since we don't know the future. Not that it won't drop. Everybody position that. Doesn't make the market right. But here we are. Market's right, collectively. Is it right precisely? No. But once again, we all understand, oh, well, of course, that makes sense with home building stocks. Why would they react to this news today? But yet all the time we hear this. Yeah, but we're heading into a recession. And you hear it off of Wall Street, by the way. They know better, but it doesn't matter. It's human nature. Yeah, well, we're going to have a recession. Okay. Really? Yeah, you know, we think sometime next year. You know, so it's always something vague that you don't ever get pinned down with, right? It's like, yeah, you know, 
next year, maybe a year after, something like that. You know, so, so that if it slows down, you're actually wrong, and or it takes till 2025, or you have one in 27. You're just a little wrong in the tw- timing. That's all. You weren't really wrong. So it's really vague. Nobody's like, you know, we think first quarter next year or whatever. It's no, it's sometime over the next year, two years, you know, somewhere in there. Very broad com- comments, right? So we get out there and we're thinking about this coming recession. And I get asked this question all the time. Well, aren't we heading into a recession? What if we have a recession? I said, yeah, well, the market was down 25%. Down 25%. For what? Well, we're in the midst of earnings season, so let's take a look at what the corporate earnings situation appears to be for this quarter. Let's see. Okay. Collectively, in the S&P 500, all-time record high profits. Oh, really? Now? Yeah. Never been better. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. All-time high dividend payments to shareholders. Really? The highest cash flow ever? Uh Uh-huh. Even now? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And how about those balance sheets? They must be really looking rough. Best balance sheets ever. Highest cash positions ever. Huh? Then why aren't stocks at all-time highs? Why are they down over 20% now? 26% 26% the beginning of the week. Well, because they're not thinking things are going to be that great tomorrow. Correct. So what you're saying is this is a prediction of a slowdown slash recession, something in between. Who knows what it is? The only argument is how severe. Not what if we have a recession? Yeah, that's why the market's down. What is really hard, and and Wall Street should know better, right? Then, then, well, you know, like Jamie Dimon, well, we think the market could go on another 20%. Like, okay, it could. It could. A, the highest paid banker in the world that lends money all over the world, usually it seems to go bad about one in three loans they make to like, like, like whoever loans money to Argentina. I don't get it. Well, that'd be JP Morgan. Again, I know he's you know, paid a hundred million dollars a year or whatever it is. He's a billionaire as a CEO. Smartest guy ever. Can't predict the future any better than you. But when he predicts a future of, let's say, instead of a broad thing, like, you know, the economy will bounce around, blah, blah, blah. He says something like market could fall another 20%. Bam. Put it on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. We're off and rolling. Yet it has no actual factual basis, meaning nobody knows. We just don't know. Well, he has a better idea. No, he doesn't. He He truly doesn't. No, he doesn't. The guy over, you know, at Citicor, right, or Morgan Stanley that thinks that that we're somewhere near the bottom, well, that's not what I think, so I think Jamie Dimon's right. Okay, well, Jamie Dimon's smarter. No, nobody knows. One of the two will be right. Heads. 
Oh, it's tails. I was wrong this time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. We but we we put so much behind that, and then also if somebody's trying to sell you on the fear of the day or get you to go into gold or something or equity index annuity, we got we got to scare them to death. Did you hear this? Jamie Diamond just said we could get on another twenty percent. Who would want to be in that casino? All right, and we all get torn away during times like this from the basics. From the basics. We get torn away from the greatest wealth creator for the average person. It's a small investor. You can't even make up the fact that I can put away a cup of coffee a day. Have no management responsibilities at all. Nothing. I do nothing except $5 a day for 40 years. And it grows to $1.2 million. It sounds made up, doesn't it? It's not the, that's the S&P 500, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Many of those companies don't even exist today. It's unbelievable. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to manage inventory. You don't have to clean the sidewalk. Don't have to worry about the roof. Don't have to worry about somebody going on strike. Nothing. Nothing. And you would have sometimes I, a little aside here. Just shh, okay. Just I got to go to the off ramp real quick here. I'll get back because we got to go to a break anyway. But but here's the thing. Why people like me get so passionate about this? Get really wound up at seemingly oh this is just the markets. It's not. This is America. This is our ability to have individuals rise up. It's also our ability on the flip side for idiots to get a giant inheritance and blow it. So the, so the really smart people are doing all this. It is so wonderful to think we don't have a caste system. You can be born anywhere, and you can make it here. That's not true anywhere else and that's why it's so important so when people would put, put barriers on this barriers to education so that they don't teach this in schools it makes me frustrated how are we going to change the inner cities of no hope when all we do is say they need more money to stay in prison they don't have any opportunities because they don't have a decent education That's why. This is what we are. And it needs to be available as untethered as you can possibly have. Or guess what? Joe just wants to pay off your... And, and, and the next Joe, the next socialist, the next far-left nut job that wants to ruin that. That's why it's so important. You can believe whatever you want, but the truth is, is these ideas are so crazy. They are there to undermine what makes us great. That's why we get passionate about it. I know I'm crazy. I love the markets, but I love what they do for freedom, for opportunity, for everybody, not just me. I don't want to lord it over you. 
I, w- I want you to have the same opportunity. That's what America's always been. All right, I've got to take a quick break. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. We'll be heading off to news here in a couple minutes, but we're around, of course, for hour number two. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. You know, it's not just during the earnings, or I'm sorry, election season that I get fired up about our lack of education, lack of understanding. A long time ago, I was, uh, um, you know, I, I, I joke about this, but it's true. I, I, I had a title for a book, and you have to understand it's, you know, I have a couple of daughters, and now I have do- granddaughters. No, no, no men in the family, I guess. And it's just, during that time, it was very important to me, passionately important that my daughters understood the financial world, not just because I'm in it, but because it's not okay to be dumb. And that was the title of my book I was going to write, right? The, you know, everybody has a title of a book they're going to write uh, that never gets written. But it's not okay to be dumb, and it's not. It's important to understand what a capitalist system can do and how much freedom there is. It's not a, a sound good thing. It just really is good. And we've gotten into this world where everything is just so plastic and, and I just sound really good. I sound like I really care about women, but I don't. I really don't. I don't care about what happened in Afghanistan. I don't care about them. I don't care about what goes on in Saudi Arabia. I don't. Actually, deep down, I can't say that out loud because at the cocktail parties, they won't like me. So I need to pretend that I do. And all of this kind of is sad because we miss how great our country is, how great our system is, as flawed human beings try to run that. But it's important. It's so important. So we want to keep beating that drum and talking about a cup of coffee a day for 40 years is 1.2 million. Hello, welcome, and again, thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net if you prefer email. You know, it's amazing. I I think about this probably, uh, I don't know, three times a week. About what it's like to be in an industry as rapidly changing as my industry for 40 years. It doesn't mean I can predict the future. And it does mean I'm a little more relaxed about things as they happen and seem to be the first time in history. It's never done this before and all the statistics. It just makes you take a step back. But most of all, I wanted to say this. For 35-plus years, I've been doing a lot of public discussion about the markets, about finances in general, about psyche, even politics, and thank you for letting me do that. It's changed my life. It's made me very, very different from what I would be, whatever that is. And I, you know, I got all kinds of problems like everybody else, but I've had a ball, and this generally is just so much fun to come to you every week 
I enjoy my time with Kevin. Honestly, I just can't give it up. I love it. And so thank you for having me. Thank you for caring. And um, my passion, I know, oftentimes is thought of as, what's the matter with you? Or are you just some kind of wild-eyed optimist? And, and I'm not. And I, 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 I don't really try to temper it. I try to be transparent. And it really does mean a lot to me to have freedom for my children and grandchildren, and not just mine, but yours too, to fight that fight and to encourage politicians that seem to want to fight that fight, not their own personal empowerment, because for the few moments you are alive here, you have power over people. There's too many politicians like that. There's too many people in our lives like that. But the idea that people can create and change their families in something like a capitalist system is amazing to me. And I just think it's something we just have to cling to. Ronald Reagan says it way better than anybody else. And everything he said and everything he did, certainly the second half of his life, was all about that. I've not seen a politician like that, as powerful as that. And I believe it comes from the true core of belief in our country and in people. And the, and the, and the opinion that you have to fight every generation for freedom. We can't be complacent about that. And being angry and yelling at each other, that doesn't do any good. We need to persuade, persuade in a human way. So that's enough of my lecturing and talking about it, but mostly just thanking you for letting me be part of it. And uh, I just really, it's amazing to me. So I hope that I have another 40 years, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, I really do. And I don't think you're going to want to put up with me for another 40 years either. Hopefully my brain will keep going for a little while and we keep having fun together. So thank you for that. All right. Now, having said all that, these are, of course, my opinions, and my opinions only, and we're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. That's really stupid, silly, and does not help you in any way, shape, or form. We want to talk about a cup of coffee a day. We want to talk about controlling our emotions. And as we're heading into election season, it's getting amped up, isn't it? I mean, I didn't realize that... Uh, I thought it was a great analogy today in the Wall Street Journal, that if you lost 50 pounds, even if you'd already gained 100, that that was like heroic. Meaning that's Joe's basic, like how well they're doing, because we had $2 trillion of deficits a year ago, and now it's only a trillion. How heroic. What an economy he's presiding over. It's incredible. I mean, he really thinks Americans are that stupid. They apparently do. They apparently do. So it's crazy whether it's gas prices going to the roof and then they come back a little bit, how much he's doing to reduce prices. But how much did he do to increase? Increase them. We're not that dumb. It's going to get loud over the next few weeks. It's also going to get loud because we also have corporate earnings. 
don't let your emotions get caught up in that. This last week was a great week. I don't know what next week's going to be. There's a lot of volatility in the market. Why'd the market go up 700 points on Friday? I don't know. It was down in the morning. I know. They, they put some reason on it, whatever. You you can, you can yell at the radio. Yeah, well, I saw them say it was an interest rate thing in my bobber somewhere. Okay, fine. That's all it ever is. It's whatever they tell you day to day. And what we do, though, by getting caught up in this day to day, like we could somehow trade it. We miss the point that if you're out of the market, the 10 best days over 20 year periods, you give up almost all the gains of the greatest investment that there is. This isn't data mining, okay? Man, you got to know this, okay? If you're at all new to this show, you got to know that I trust no data. It doesn't mean that every piece of data that comes across here is going to be 100% accurate. We all know that there can be a decimal drop. There can be misinformation out there. It's always true. We try to stick with what is generally a, a, a common bit of knowledge. But what is important to understand is you can measure everything from certain dates to other certain dates and have whatever conclusion you want. Gold outperforms the Dow. Well, there's 20-year periods where that happened. They're rare, super rare, but it's happened. And there's been times that lumber has outperformed small cap stocks over a 10-year period of time. I'm making that up, of course. I assume it's true. Because you can slice and dice, and this is what's so important. You can literally say something like I do all the time. It's exactly what I say, actually. Gold and the Dow in 1980. Why do I say that? Because when I started in the industry in 1980, hmm, the Dow and gold were at 800. We know that nominally somewhere around 1700 is where gold is now, never produced a nickel, and the Dow, after a huge correction, is at 30,000 plus. Okay? No comparison. At the same time, you can turn around and say, well, there was a period of 20 years where gold was up 340% up till about two years ago. And stocks were only up 200. See, gold outperforms. It doesn't. We have to be so careful with that. And that's why statistics lie, liars use statistics, however funky way you want to put it. It's super true. And why you always want to question time frames. Always. Make sure that the data points make sense to you. Like when people say, well, the average bear market is 33%. What does that mean? We, have, we, we hardly ever have bear markets. So there's like eight data points over a 50-year period. That's what I'm going to hang my hat on? We arbitrarily define a bear market as 20, down 20%. That, that is an average of a few of them at minus 50%. That's right. We recovered from 50% down. Four times during my career. 
Okay. We have them. We have them. Or it could be 21%, but like we're going to sit around and, and, and divine that this line is here. Here's one we hear, you hear recently a lot, okay? Well, we're going to go into a recession, okay? That's not exactly not planned for. It's one of the reasons the market's down 25%, interest rates as well, because stocks are not as cheap when interest rates are higher. But how much of that is already priced in? So then we go back and we go, okay, well, if there's an earnings recession, which, of course, Wall Street is so incredibly, amazingly accurate at divining precisely where we will be in earnings 12 months from now. If you can't tell, I'm being super facetious. It's not at all accurate. But let's pretend they are this time. And they're saying, okay, well, if we take this little deal here, and I know it should have happened now, and we shouldn't be at all-time highs. I know I predicted that now, but here's what I'm predicting now, minus 10% corporate earnings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do you realize that the average P.E. ratio for the stock market is like 16.5? All right. So, okay, so 16.5. Remember, I'm a Wall Street analyst, so I'm really good at numbers. And to take that 16.5, I draw it out over the last 25 years to see how the market's reacted. And what I find is it's been 16.5 about 10 trading days. 10 days in 25 years has it been at 16.5. But that's our average, and I'm a Wall Street analyst. So when I take earnings and then just decline by 10%, and then I take it times 16.5, I show that the market could decline by another 5%, even though. Now, now you see, all that analysis makes great sense. Does it? When the data points are literally 10 days, that they're accurate in 25 years? It's a pointless exercise, isn't it? 10 days in 25 years. But this is what we call deep analysis. And after all, the market has gone down 33.3%. On average, for nine bear markets since World War II. Man, nine times since World War II. Boy, is that a data set we can hang our hat on. You see why? It just depends what data we carve up to try to prove a point. So don't do that. Let's be honest about it. We have this thing called the income story, and I've told it many, many times. It's on our, out there on YouTube. It's on our website because it's a wonderful story about this great thing, this great income thing called the market. And I always start it with this when I tell people this. I want you to understand why I started in 1970 with this analysis. Because I learned back in like life science in seventh or eighth grade that a, a hypothesis is where you started and then you tried to prove it wrong. So what I did was I picked the worst time frame to start taking income from your investments, 1970, because that was Richard Nixon followed by Jimmy Carter. Hyperinflation. 
and so on. A 50% correction in 73 and 4. Yeah, I've told it a few times. It's not sitting in front of me. And it goes on. And the income keeps rising. We all have to be honest about the data, not to try to prove a point. Disprove it. And be careful with it. There's a lot of data flying around these days. Remember, Joe has a historic decline in the deficit. We've never seen it before. We gained 100 pounds and lost 50. That's heroic, man. Just heroic. Gas prices are down big time. Look at the percentage. Collapse. Oh, they're very significantly higher than they used to be. But they're down from the peak. What we measure in different times, this is not to, uh, a, a, a bit to just pick on Joe and his crazy advisors. This is to understand that people use it all the time. And we need to never do that. Not here. Not here. You don't try to make a point. You try to prove it wrong. We don't talk about the market going up every year. We talk about its long-term average of 10%. That's true. But it sure didn't do that in the 1970s. Oh, no. Uh-uh. It was flat as a pancake. And on the other hand, it most certainly did not always return to all-time highs real quickly. You know, 95% of the time, the market's not at all-time highs. 95%. It's below its peak. 95% of the time, it's below its peak. But what do humans think? Okay, so, so I, I started in 1980. The Dow was at 800. It's at 30,000, and that doesn't even include dividends. It's ridiculous when you get those added in, but it's like, you know, 100,000. So all of a sudden, you're up like 100-fold. But when the market moves down from 36,000 to 30, again, rounding off numbers, let's say I'm down 20% from 100 to 80,000, including dividends. I've lost 20,000. Not I've made 80,000, which is really the fact, the truth. I've made 80,000, not I've lost anything. But that's the way we think about it. Because we're humans. It doesn't make us right. It just says this speaks to our human nature. And we have to be careful with data. Data we use to prove what we already believe. Why? Shouldn't we be looking for truth? Yeah, of course we should. We say that. Yeah, it's science. Well, it's only science if you agree with them. Ask them. Ask Mr. Fauci. If you question him, it's, that's not science. I'm science. You are not. You can't believe different. That's a dangerous place for us to be. And when we talk about numbers, we talk about the markets, there's no science to knowing what we're doing. We just have to be honest about our own feelings. I like stocks. I don't like stocks. I just uh, Okay, prove or disprove what you want. But there's nothing out there that has come close to the wealth creation for all generations. All the time this country's been on earth. The market always goes to all-time highs. 
always with temporary hiccups in between. That's it. That's all we have to know. But it's not all we seem to want to know. We want to try to prove it won't be. We want to scare people out, especially at times like this. You don't want to be in the Wall Street casino. Oh, no, you don't. Really? Okay. You don't want to have great financial independence then. No, nobody says that. We try to find data or whatever it is to make our point. Don't do that. We won't do that. We've got to guard ourselves always against that. Data is a wonderful and powerful thing. But if you slice it and dice it, you can make whatever points you want based on time frames. So be careful how that data is. Careful. Every 10-year period looks different than every other one. It doesn't mean we can't learn from what an average with hundreds of data points might give us some insight to. It doesn't tell us what the next 10 years are going to be with any precision at all. But here's what I would predict, I think, safely. The next 20,000 points on the Dow Jones Industrial Average will be up, not down. I don't know what the next couple thousand points will be. No idea. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, it's time to join us on the phones. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. Uh, if you prefer email, that's fine. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. You know, I, I, as we look at and talk about the housing numbers and how big housing is to the economy, these numbers are I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. We're, you know, interest rates hitting 14-year highs, mortgages at 7%, existing sales way off, what are they off, 18%, something like that, from a year ago. And, and, and are we looking for a dead cat bounce here? No, no, not at all. Not at all. And when we think about starts in general, by the way, those do include multifamily, which is booming. Renters, not homeowners. That's still booming in building. If we think about that, when we think about starts versus permits and what that looks like over the next few months, it's not a pretty sight. These numbers aren't going to turn around and get better anytime soon. These are long-term trends, right? They take time to turn around. It's not like rates are going to find themselves back to 3% immediately. It takes time. And as we all know, it takes time to turn around the economy from turning the light switch off. And when 
it was broken because the politicians decided the best way to do that was to keep the children at home, keep the schools closed, and turn the economy off. Of course, it was a terrible decision, and there's plenty of social problems that are caused by that. We, we all know them. We're just finally, at least, we're starting to talk about it. It's not you know, loony people like me talking about the social problems that children are facing when you mask them up and keep them at home. Nothing wrong could go there at all, but it does. We know that. But when we think about the economy and the reason you're listening to this program, it is huge and hugely arrogant. And I don't think we're learning that lesson at all. Bureaucrats just can't learn the lesson ever. They don't want to learn the lesson. That they can't do anything except hurt the economy ever. They can't help it. They can only hurt it. And they always do. They think, I mean, imagine that. Think about this just from a supply chain issue. And if you, I pencil, it's a wonderful thing. It's a, like a 1950s article. I can't think of a name right now, but it, it's just, it talks about making a pencil from the lumber, the chainsaw that had to be built so that people could do the, you know, go cut down the trees, turn it into the wood and a pencil. What about the lead? And who makes all that mining equipment to go get it? It just goes on and on, doesn't it? That's a pencil. And thinking about all the thousands of things that go into that, and it has nothing to do one with the other. People making lead aren't the people that put the pencil together. They're not even thinking about that. They're digging lead. It's an amazing thing, and, and really hundreds and thousands of things that have to come together. And a bureaucrat, a human being, just a human being, okay? And I know, you know, bureaucrats kind of, maybe they're not as human as some people, but they're humans. We can only hang on to 10 12 thoughts, ideas, not hundreds or thousands. The market is this ma amazing magic thing that happens because humans get out of the way. It, and can only happen that way. And when humans come in and turn the light switch off or tell people, don't do this, don't do that, can't do this, can't do that, whether it's from a pandemic or just rules, It's friction, and it's destructive 100% of the time to the free markets, which, as I point out, are amazing in this non-coordinated but totally coordinated way that all of these things come together. They turned off the light switch, and they broke everything. And in their arrogance, they think they can turn the switch back on. Or if they just put some money over here, it won't have other consequences. Just put money over here. Oh, well, these are my favorite people over here. So I'm going to buy votes here. I'm going to reward the people who, camp who, who, who contributed to my campaign here. 
instead of the market. They broke it. It really shouldn't be confusing to us. They broke it. They think you can walk over and flick the switch. You can't. You broke it. It doesn't work that way anymore. The good news is the market will heal itself over time. The more you try to heal it, the more you create inflationary problems. The more you try to make it work instead of letting it work, the more broken the supply chain. That's the lesson to me in this, but we, don't, we won't learn it. We don't learn it. We can't learn it. Why? Because it just sounds too good, too juicy for a politician to promise more, better benefits, whatever it is the giveaway is, instead of letting the system work and getting out of the way. That plus power equals whatever. You know what I'm saying? It just It's a tough situation, but I remind us what we're in. That's why markets are struggling, why inflation is uncertain. And then the arrogance of the bureaucrats, which most certainly includes the Federal Reserve, they don't do anything. They figure out interest rates. They do nothing. They think they're great about fixing economies. They broke it because that's all they can do. They can't get out of the way. They have to tinker. And I get it. We don't just want people to not have jobs for X period of time. We don't want to fall into Great Depression. All those things. But at some point, we have to have the humility to say, I can't intervene in everything and fix it. I can't. It's not possible. And it's not. It's not. The economy is amazing when left alone. It's destructive when we tinker with it, isn't it? And that's what we're doing right now. We're trying like heck to come out of this. The markets do well. Corporate world does well at getting things back and fixed, even as politicians, bureaucrats, try to wreck it. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO is our number. Let's go ahead and jump on the phones. Let's go to Pat. Pat, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Hi there, David. How are you doing today? I'm well, Pat. I'm well. Thank you. Ah, good. Hey, I have two names for you here. All right. Uh, the first one is uh, Milton Freeman, who did the pencil mm. thing. Yes. Uh, one of the probably smartest guys uh, economically uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the second smart guy is Calvin Coolidge who was kind of along a similar bent. Uh, he he just let things go, and uh, little recessions during his term uh, cured themselves quickly and uh, did not go deep, mm-hmm. where a lot of people uh, in his circles were saying, yeah, you got to do something. You know, and, it's, uh, those are good points. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and in fact, following Coolidge, you had uh, Hoover, who uh, meddled with uh, the economy during the beginning of the, rece- uh, the, the, the Great Depression and made it worse. And uh, Roosevelt simply continued the policies of Hoover 
and deepen the recession so far. Uh, meddling did not work well. No, no, it didn't. Uh, we finally came out of it after you know years and years and years. And, and it, yeah, you're, you're quite time. right. It's funny how um, FDR was a hero, and you know yeah. if he hadn't passed away, would probably be you know or still be president. It, it's amazing, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. That you know you go there, and I, I, we obviously changed our the direction of our country, and you can't have in a nation this big. You can't just uh, you know have financial crisis like we had in two thousand and eight and do nothing. Uh, you can't. We we were near the abyss, and so some of the rule changes they made were good. But but what ended up causing it was all the regulations in the first place, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, by forcing people to lend money to people that they knew would never pay back, that created a lot of problems. And then you also have all the liar loans, all those things. It was a it was a tough situation. There's it, lots of blame to go around. But my point being, there there has to be some measure in the kind of regulations we use has to be some measure in that and the, and and we just don't we just seem to think that we can divine this from Washington DC with some really good ideas because we have big hearts and we really care a lot about the people like in the inner cities and so we have a whole bunch of rules that make it impossible to do business in those cities and so they continue to suffer yeah we we uh, we we want our uh politicians to have the wisdom of Solomon as opposed to instead they have the wisdom of nitwits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, I mean, the policies that come out are so bad sometimes. You just, you just shake your head and wonder um, if they really thought about how destructive these rules would be. Yep, they still would do them. They would if they thought it would buy votes. So it's, it's stunning. It's really stunning. Yep. Exactly. But we are where we are because of a lot of that. But, but you know, it, I still find it heartening, if you will, to be the, the idea that in spite of this, business can continue to plow forward and, and yeah, figure it yeah. out and work around these lunatics. And, and they really right. are. I mean, there's nothing pro-anything growth, anything that Elizabeth Warren talks about. Nothing that she does would work. Or Schumer, yep. and there's many others, of course. You know, we can just go on and on. But it's right. not right. It's not like the Republicans have a whole bunch of really great ideas. They're just not as bad. Yeah, right, right, yeah. They're not as yeah. bad, and, and, and that's important. Uh, I just wish people would talk about the basic economics and not mm -hmm. what they're going to do for everybody. Right. How about right. get out of my way? Ronald yeah. Reagan, it really worked well for Reagan. He was, by the way, he got 49 states. He only lost one. Minnesota? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's it. Right. His hometown. Yeah. That's, how, that's the only state he lost. Can you imagine a Republican carrying California, New York, New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, he did. Right. And he, yeah, he just spoke from the heart. And he, did, he just like... You, the, the, I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help is the greatest lie you'll ever hear. I mean, this was his message for 40 years. It works. Yep. People mm -hmm. are, when people are honest, politicians, we don't need to know what you're going to do for us. Just get the heck out of my way. Leave me alone. Yeah. 
yeah, the best thing you can do for us is not. Right, right. So anyway, I, I just, I'm still hopeful. There's a Ronald Reagan around the corner, but look how business adjusts anyway, you know? They do. Yeah. yeah. And the market that's spends the very little time at all-time highs, but that's okay. It always gets there. Yep, yep, it yep. does. Pat, thank so. you. Good, good, Dave. Thanks for your call. You have a great rest of the day. You too. Go Broncos. Bye-bye. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Plenty of time after we do our final break. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. I've got an email here real quick. I'm just wanting to get this corrected here. I pencil Leonard Reed, founder of FEE. Okay, that's, I, I think that is correct. Yeah, I do. Thanks, Marsha. I appreciate the heads up. And uh, if you want a link to that, I, I, it's so good. And if you have kids, they need to read it. It is just a fantastic piece. It really is. It really talks about how things happen magically, not directed. It's just, uh, that's my, believe me, they don't talk about that. That's my if you will, my, my, my verbiage on top of it. It's just how the economy works somehow on its own. So thank you for that correction. And let us know. If you want to get a copy of that, we will be happy to send that to you. Just go to PetsoFinancial.com, find our email. We'll get one out to you. So everybody ought to have that. All right? iPencil. It's a great, great piece. You can probably look it up on you Google it, too. All right. I, as we wrap up today... Uh, First of all, what, this wonderful Broncos Saturday. Let's hope they pull this off. What, what, wouldn't that be great? I was at the game two weekends ago, and I just couldn't believe the energy uh, in the crowd. It was just, wow. You know, it's changed in the last couple of weeks. A couple of good second halves, that kind of thing. And I'm not here to, you know, for football commentary. I totally get that. Just excited that maybe, just maybe, we're turning this season around. I, I hope so. And uh, this is a big, big game, and, and hopefully they can pull it off. So enjoy it. I know we're going to be enjoying it with, I think, about 160, 150 of our clients today, which will be super fun and exciting. So I hope you enjoy the game wherever that might be. Now, as we think about markets bursting higher on no news, this just needs to be a reminder that big moves – are not telegraphed. And I know, I know, this is just another bear market rally. I'm sure you heard plenty of that commentary this week or last week or whenever the last rally was, but we're three weeks in a row for the Dow. That's good. It's nice. It's nice to have it not fall for a few days. But I don't know if the worst is over. That's the point of everything I've talked about for over 30 years. You don't have to. Only humans feel like that if this if something is really in place, right? Or going to be. This human nature is just this is such a fight today. If, for example, we are trying to have cost of living adjusted income all the days of your life, no matter how long you live. That's the objective. What does the markets move today, this month, this year, have anything to do with that? And the answer is none. 
But we've built it up in our head that it is one of the most important things. It is the important thing. I need to know. Look at my statement. It drives me crazy. I'm down so much. I've lost so much money. It's like, well, no, you actually haven't lost anything. The 100000 you put in over your working life grew to a million dollars. Now it's 800000 What are you talking about? You made $700,000. You didn't lose anything. But that's how our mind works. And it makes it hard. It takes a, Sometimes it takes the joy out of your life because it's like you're so wound up in it in some arbitrary number. But again, I pointed this out last week. I'm going to point it out again. As an example, if... I guess it doesn't even matter because, because it's also good on the other side. But, but if you are drawing income out of your investments or you're reinvesting those dividends, because that's what I mean, it works either way, what does it matter what the price is? Now, let me, let me give you an example. So... As I gave this example last week, and I know from emails it was a good example for people, the portfolio of stocks for income portfolios is producing 7% higher income than 12 months ago. That's right. Next Era Energy, Apple, Microsoft. On and on and on. They're not producing less income. They're producing more income. 7% more, but the price is down 20%. Does that make any sense? Well, it's what, you know, uh, it's what markets do, but why would I worry about if my income's going up? Here's the analogy. So you have a building, and you don't do anything. You're not allowed to. You don't even go there. Somebody manages it for you. They mail you checks. That's it. You literally don't. You don't sign payroll. You do nothing. Nothing. In fact, the trust that you hold this in requires you to do nothing. You are not allowed on the property. Period. You're only allowed to receive the income. And last year, you got 100000 of income from that property. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And this year, you're getting... 107000 on that property. And then they say to you, oh my gosh, do you realize that your building went down 20% in price? Your income went up $7,000. Why would you care? W would you run out and sell it? Would you want to know this month what it's worth? Why would you care? You don't. You shouldn't. All right. Thank you for joining us. Comments, send them over to PetsoFinancial.com. Go Broncos. Have a great rest of the weekend. Appreciate you very much.